Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio program of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com and the sister sites, the fictitious Athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We take the Starship fame all the way to Southern Ohio to Cincinnati, where we chatted with Vance Meek. Uh, Vance is a longtime Bengals fan and occasional contributor for some of the Bengals posts and uh, blogs out there. Uh, Vance and I, we connected over Twitter, and uh, I wanted to get his take on the Bengals and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, because if there's anything, any group of fans who can really have a legitimate claim with bias at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, I'd say it's Bengals fans. Our regular guest, Vinny Laspinuso, and I, we've talked about that often. And um, when I mentioned that to Vance, he was certainly in agreement. So we talked about some of the players who we thought were worthy of uh, consideration from a Bengals point of view and what Cincinnati fans or the organization really in general could do better to promote some of the great players that they've had. Without further ado, let's bring in Vance. Vance, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Uh, If you could tell uh, everyone a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. Yeah, I am Vance Meek, and if you want to follow on Twitter, that's at Vance Meek on Twitter. Uh, pretty easy to find. Uh, I've been a Bengals fan since the late, probably the 1988 Super Bowl team was about when I started following. So I've been around through a few good times, mostly bad, as, <laughs> as everybody's pretty aware. Um, do some writing online and various websites. I've written for Bengals websites, NFL draft websites. So a little bit of a mix of everything. Uh, and then I'm pretty available on Twitter most of the time to talk about anything football-related. Nice. Uh, one of the things, too, that uh, – because I talk about the Pro Football Hall of Fame all the time and generally how some team's fan base feels that their players are ignored by Canton. Uh, Raiders fans, Broncos fans, they tend to be a little bit uh, myopic and, th- and feel a little bit paranoid. But I always sure. have said that Bengals fans – they're right if they say it. I would agree. Um, and I know that every team has a player or two that have cases, even teams like the Steelers who have untold amounts of Hall of Famers. They have a few guys, L.C. Greenwood, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Donnie Shell. They have a couple guys that should be in that are not. So every team has guys like that. But the Bengals are woefully underrepresented in the Hall of Fame with just Anthony Munoz in as a player. And they have several guys that have strong cases and a couple that are pretty much regarded as why aren't they in the Hall of Fame by almost everybody. So it's pretty interesting to uh, see how this is shaken out and, and how the Bengals can be. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty fascinating, just to be honest. If, you're, if you can get over the anger at, at being so underrepresented, it's kind of fascinating to, to, to see how it's played out. And, you know, you're, you talked to sort of like in jest a bit about you know, how the Bengals haven't been necessarily one of the power teams, but this is a team that's been to the Super Bowl twice. They went to the Super Bowl twice in the 80s. There have been some good times, and it, 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 people don't know, and, and uh, we've actually, this has kind of been a little bit of a discussion amongst Bengals fans recently because John Breach, who is the son of uh, longtime Bengals kicker Jim Breach, wrote an article recently in which he included the fact that many of the NFL's uh, biggest named, uh, I guess you could say, um, offenses and defenses that have been that are you know that have kind of been famous over the years originated in Cincinnati. The no huddle offense was the Sam Watch invention in the '80s. The zone blitz defense was 
started by Dick LeBeau when he was in Cincinnati. Bill Wall started the West Coast offense in Cincinnati. So these things originated in Cincinnati. But people don't know that because a combination of it's a small market, the Bengals haven't been good for a lot of, you know, a lot of the years that they've been around, and their own team doesn't really market that kind of thing. So it's that kind of thing gets lost in the shuffle, and people think zone blitz, that's Pittsburgh. The West Coast, that's 49ers. Uh, no huddle offense, that's the Bills in the, you know, when they were in the Super Bowl. So some of the things that Cincinnati should be known for and, and, and should get credit for, they, they really don't. Because much more than just the chili. Yeah, yes, yes, much more than chili. <laughs> so there's a few players that I definitely want your opinion on. Uh, there's a few that I have a lot of passion about. Uh, and just for full disclosure, I'm a Saints fan. I'm a Canadian who's a Saints fan. But uh, I, I try to uh, keep everything as uh, nonpartisan as possible when it comes to Halls of Fame. But one player specifically that I who has been a finalist and just never seems to get over the hump, uh, Ken Anderson, or didn't get over the hump, wasn't even part of the 100th anniversary, uh, that extra committee that they put together. Uh, do you think that uh, Ken is the biggest Bengal snub in terms of uh, the Hall yeah. of Fame? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think most people would agree. And I think most of all of the, of the NFL fandom in general, including all other teams, even teams that are rival teams, Steelers, Browns, uh, Ravens now, uh, I think most of them are pretty much to the point where, you know, why is it Ken Anderson in? He, he's just should be in. I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, there's not really an argument that I can think of. And when we when we've had these discussions, or we or I listen to discussions from other people on podcasts and TV, nobody really has an answer as to why he's not in. It, it, it really makes no sense. Like there's, you can compare him to all the other quarterbacks of his era, and he's at the top or very near the top in performances from all of them. It's it's pretty wild. Yeah, and there's a lot of quarter, like quarterbacks are always that sexy position in football that people will, will go to. Uh, Eli Manning, for example, is going to get a lot of uh, press one way or the other when he comes due. Uh, Jim Plunkett's another one. But I will maintain, and Raiders fans may not like that, I think the Raiders could have won some of those Super Bowls with a different quarterback. Ken Anderson does not, does not uh, if he's not there, the Bengals are not in, in that Super Bowl, in Super Bowl 16. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah he, he and it's and to be remembered. He did I mean, he didn't win a Super Bowl, but he did go to one. Um, he was also a four time Pro Bowler. Maybe he should have had more, uh, but the numbers that he was putting up were, were were crazy for that time. He he had a season where he completed over seventy percent of his passes during a time when nobody completed seventy percent of their passes right. or anywhere even close to it. Like it's, it was, it's some of the things he did were just crazy for when he played. Yeah, not only that, I, like one thing that I always sort of like to look at is a monster year. And in 1981, he was every version of the MVP. Yeah, oh, and took the team to the Super Bowl with you know it was an amazing year, like one of the best years relative to again the time period that he played in. One of the best seasons as a quarterback of all time. Yeah, and then it's it's the other thing too. Like NFL.com, they will do their snubs too, and he always comes up. So it's not like he's not universally regarded, I think, with every football fan, Bengals fan or not. 
as someone who should be in the, that conversation for whatever reason, he just doesn't. Uh, you're probably, I'm assuming, a far more familiar with because uh, you're following uh, Ken on Twitter and a few other things. Does, does he openly talk about this? Or I'm sure he's asked uh, like every day. He, he, sure, and he's on Twitter now. Uh, for people that may not know, he joined a month or two ago. So, and he's very interactive with fans. Um, I, he he's pretty good about not like going into it too. Like he doesn't, he doesn't get on there and complain or, you know, and stuff like that, but it's pretty clear that he thinks that he, he should be in and, and he, he's right. So you can't really, you know, I can't think of an argument against it. I can't think of an argument against him being in. And I really don't know what voters are holding against him. Is it the sheer number of, you know, pro bowls? Is it the lack of a Super Bowl win? I'm not sure. And I don't know that anybody knows. I think the only thing they can really point at is the latter, but you're going up against a loaded Niners team led by Joe Montana. There's no shame yeah, losing to him. Yeah, he did. There was, sure, Montana and then the, uh, the Steelers uh, had, you know, won four Super Bowls in the late 70s, which got Terry Bradshaw in, even though his numbers are far inferior to Anderson's. So that's the only thing I can think of is that if he had won the Super Bowl with that early 80s team, then maybe he gets in on the strength of that, but he should still be in. Mm-hmm. So another player who just uh, passed on, uh, Ken Riley, is right. one who, if you just look at overall disrespect, the amount of Pro Bowls and All Pros that he had, considering the amount of interceptions he has, and even with advanced uh, analytics when they're looking back at his career, if, if there's any player Riley more disrespect, yeah. is right. Not a, sorry to interrupt. Uh, he uh, is right with, in my mind, and, and probably a lot of Bengals fans' minds, especially right with Ken Anderson as one of the biggest snubs of all NFL players. Uh, 65 career interceptions is fifth all-time. The rest of the top eight in interceptions and most of the top 12 or 13 in interceptions are already in. Charles Woodson is right there as well, but he is uh, he'll be in. He's not yet, but he's going to be leaving Ken Riley really alone and it's another one that's just kind of inexplicable. He he did everything you could possibly do. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL for a long time. Uh, so it's another kind of pretty giant snub. And I know that him passing on has raised the sentiment in his favor, so to speak, um, among Bengals fans who are even more angry that he didn't get in before he passed away. Uh, from what my understanding and I didn't get to talk to him, but I know some people that have met him and, and talked to him before. And he was, you know, kind of getting into the Hall of Fame was kind of important to him. So it's, it's really sad that he didn't get in before he passed away. And uh, also, too, like him uh, as one of the great cornerbacks, it's a testament to just his athletic ability because he didn't play that position in college. No, he was a quarterback in college and yeah. moved to a corner in the NFL and transitioned as well as any player who's ever transitioned to another position like that coming into the league, especially going from quarterback to cornerback. It doesn't pan out that often, but he, he certainly did. No, and did an, except, an exceptional job. Uh, I, I think now uh, he probably would have got that shot at quarterback, but it was a different time back then. Sure, exactly. Yeah, and you're exactly right. He did everything that you could possibly ask for defensive back and more. Uh, there's another player that... Uh, I, I I think should get a little bit of consideration. Uh, Big Willie, Willie Anderson. Yeah, he would have been the next one on my list of players that, 
either should be in or should be getting more looks at being in. Um, Anderson is, is, in my mind anyway, the preeminent right tackle for his era. He dominated for you know, – the problem is, and maybe this is there's a pretty good chance that it's affecting Anderson's candidacy, is that he played on those 90s Bengals teams that were absolutely dreadful. So he didn't play on a lot of winning teams during his career. However, he was excellent when he played. The lack of recognition, the lack of small market, being in Cincinnati on bad teams, I think has probably hurt him. But he certainly did everything you could possibly do as far as putting your talent on display and making a case for being in the Hall of Fame during his career, multi-time Pro Bowl or multi-time All-Pro, absolutely dominated as, as, as a right tackle in the NFL. And it's so interesting, too, uh, with that position, uh, just really anyone on the offensive line. Uh, there's a lot of offensive linemen represented in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, having said that. Uh, there are so many who have been multi-time All-Pros that can't even sniff a semifinalist. Yes, and, and I, I kind of wonder, too, and I, I'd have to look, and I haven't done the reading, but you might know um, how many of the tackles that are in the NFL Hall of Fame who were right tackles only as opposed to being left tackles, which obviously gets more recognition. Um, so I don't know, maybe right being a right tackle instead of a left tackle affected him, but uh, it, you know, as far as that goes, he, he, he did it better than anybody. And there's just so much, so many great players at that position. Actually, I had the chance to speak with uh, someone who was a Bengal for a couple of years, uh, Richmond Webb, after his uh, mm-hmm. Dolphins career ran, uh, ran like member of the Dolphins uh, Ring of Honor, but still not never a semifinalist. Just yeah, uh, he's another player. I do remember at the, my time when I was yeah, because I'm a little bit of older, <laughs> uh, but I do remember his career. He was he's also very very good. Uh, there's been a few a few articles online uh, promoting Corey Dillon. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and I, Corey Dillon is, is a guy that Bengals fans love, even though he didn't end his career in Cincinnati due to some uh, contract issues and, and and some other things. But if you go look at his numbers, and, and I didn't even realize it till today when I was you know kind of doing a little bit of research, but he is 20th all time in rushing yards. And of the top 20 all-time in rushing yards, only him, Fred Taylor, and Steven Jackson are not in the Hall of Fame as far as players who are eligible for the Hall of Fame. There's a couple still playing, Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore. Everybody else is in. He also stacks up very well in touchdowns. He has 82, I believe, career total touchdowns. So it's not like he just put up a lot of yards and, and that was it. He was a all-around effective at times, dominant running back. He has you know, a game where he rushed for 200 and the record of the time, I don't remember the exact number of yards, 280-some yards. So he's in the record books. He has also done as many things as you can do as a running back. He's a multi-time pro bowler as well. So I, it's another one that kind of, again, play, he has lost a Super Bowl on his record as well because he went to New England where he you know, won a Super Bowl ring. So it's kind of another one that's a little bit inexplicable based on where he ranks among the other all-time greats that just just not quite in. Yeah, and, D- and Dylan wasn't a side piece either, too, on that Patriots uh, team. That was, like I think, his, if I remember correctly, his last really good year in the NFL on that Super yeah. Bowl run. Right, yeah, you're right. Is there any other player that sort of stands out 
that uh, pe- that you think should get a, just a little bit more into the conversation? I think the I think those are the main ones. Um, I, I made notes specifically of Lamar Paris, who played cornerback oh, yes. as well. I forgot to bring him up. Seventies yes. teams. Um, he was also very good. And, and and the funny thing is, when you're looking at him and Ken Riley, Riley was the guy who got all the interceptions. He had 65 career interceptions. He, he's kind of the more well-known, more remembered among single fans. But Lamar Paris wasn't wasn't a slouch. He had 47 career interceptions. Was an eight-time Pro Bowler and one-time. All pro, um, so he certainly has at least a case. He doesn't have quite the interception total, but he was still very good. Forty-seven, not bad. And uh, I don't know if you know maybe playing together, maybe that hurt, maybe that split their candidacy and, and could hurt both of them. I'm not sure on that. And then the other guys that I don't, I don't quite think did enough to get in, but I think could have if his career had lasted slightly longer is Chad. Johnson slash Ocho Cinco mm-hmm. uh, was easily one of the two or three best receivers in the league during his peak. His career just ended a little earlier than he played. Uh, his, his last big season was, I believe he was 31. He had a down season 32, and then by 33 he was retired. So his career just didn't quite stretch out long enough. But during his, during his peak, he was an absolutely Hall of Fame level player. I think I also, think too, he got tainted a bit with that diva moniker. And as we see sort of the sure. everything playing out with uh, with Antonio Brown and then prior to him, uh, Terrell Owens, who wasn't exactly the most classy in his two-year wait Correct. to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. It, it's, you're almost yeah. guilty by association. Yeah, and, and, there, and, and Johnson, uh, Johnson was such a polarizing player like if you were in Cincinnati there was nobody that you could possibly have liked more on the team or in the NFL he was so fun to watch he was so good and, and it kind of gets lost and maybe it's a disservice to himself that he did because he was the things he did as far as making sideline catches his footwork his ability to run routes and get open were unmatched he was mm-hmm. he was that he was not the most talented player coming out I believe he was a second round pick um he was not this physically good. He's not AJ Green or Julio Jones or one of these guys that was like a can't miss player. He worked at his craft harder than anybody, and the things that he could do, he did. Learning how to use his feet, how to get open, catching balls on sideline that he had no business catching. So he was amazing. But I think his antics turned off a lot of people that weren't Bengals fans or were maybe a little bit of the older crowd that was more traditional, wanted their players just to play football and not be involved in the other stuff. So, yeah, I think I think that that, uh, that certainly would have turned off a lot of people. And when you look at the Hall of Fame voters, especially as he gets older and goes to the senior committee, you know, that's going to be something that would, no matter if, how, if his career had gone on longer, may have turned them off, same as Terrell Owens, who you mentioned. I, th- I honestly think that, like, Owens – deserved to have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, from what I understand oh, yeah. in a lot of the reading that I did, there were so many people who were anti-Owens, almost for, you know, forcing him to wait, uh, you know, labeling him sort of the bad teammate, which right. for a few, I, I imagine if you're Jeff Garcia, you'd say so. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's an argument that he was not a, at least at times, bad teammate. Maybe not all the time, 
because you'll find people that say he was a perfectly fine teammate, and he certainly can't question his effort. He played in the Super Bowl with a broken leg. Absolutely. Like he, he, he certainly went all out, but he was kind of a diva, to use the term that you, that you mentioned. Um, and, yes, you're absolutely right. He was certainly a first ballot Hall of Fame player based on numbers because his numbers are top three, four all time. Like he, you can't really argue him based on numbers. So he was certainly punished for the off-the-field stuff. Now, there's a current Bengal now who I think is making a good Hall of Fame case. And in a previous show, I was joking because uh, uh, we went through uh, all the all-decade uh, selections for the 2010s, and it's Geno Atkins. And we mm-hmm. joked that like because he's a Bengal, he needs every accolade he can get. Sure. Uh, and, and that's part of being... Uh, unfortunately, especially especially with the culture around Cincinnati with no uh, team-based ring of honor or Hall of Fame or you know, whatever name they would want to use. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a local way of honoring these guys. So that, you know, there's a segment that believes that that possibly even affects their Hall of Fame candidacy. If their own team won't promote them, then why should the Hall of Fame care? That's but, that's yeah, actually I, I can, yeah. I want to go there after you're done this. Yes, sure. Yeah, um, Atkins. If you just look at the Atkins numbers, his career, the way it played out, absolutely is on just as much of a Hall of Fame trajectory as any other interior pass rusher in the NFL. Not named Aaron Donald uh, and Dalton Sue gets more publicity, or at least he did when they were in their you know more towards their primes. Geno Atkins has been a better player. He. Missed, even missed, he got, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's something around 80 sacks as an interior pass rusher, has had multiple double-digit sack years. As a guy who was a fourth-round pick, he was also another guy that was not, you know, was not a first-round pick, first overall pick or anything like that, like some of these other guys have been. And he just worked that hard and became that good a player. He stacked up, in my opinion, if he plays another year or two and is, is solid at least, I think he should be a no doubt Hall of Famer, but we'll see. Yeah, and so before it gets to sort of like uh, the honors that you were mentioning, uh, just another player, and I would like to see him sort of make a comeback uh, this this coming year. AJ Green, I think that injury could potentially cost him an All Decade spot. Yeah, I think uh, I think so, and I think it could cost him a Hall of Fame berth at this point. Like he is now, I want to say thirty one. Um, or he's getting ready to turn 31 before the seasons would start. And his numbers are not – as a Bengals fan, we know we've, – we've seen him make the clutch plays, the big plays, uh, and he does – but his numbers aren't – you know, if you just face him, just looking at him, aren't the, like, fantastic numbers. He's only had more than 1,100 yards in his career three times, and one of those was just 1,200, it was barely – uh, he, he's not putting up big numbers, and it's not his fault necessarily because Andy Dalton was his quarterback for his entire career up until now, and Andy Dalton is not a very good down-the-field thrower. So a lot of the big plays and explosive plays, the guys like Julio Jones and Calvin Johnson and, and some of those other guys are able to make, he has not had the chance to do because he has the balls when they are thrown downfield by Dalton tend to flutter out of bounds or just be off track, and so it, it's limited his big play ability, which is lowered his numbers down. So I think he has some more work to do, and I think you're right. If he can get back and get healthy and play the end of his career out similar to the way Larry Fitzgerald has done in Arizona, they moved him, letting him play the slot more. Not as many big plays, but 
tons of catches, lots of touchdowns, then I think he can pad his numbers a little bit and maybe get himself back in the conversation. But as of now, yeah, these last three to four years have really kind of hurt him. He, he has missed uh, all last season, and he missed um, close to half the season the year before that. And then three years ago, he missed several games, uh, I want to say six games. So the injuries have definitely dulled his his star, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one, yeah, and you brought up something that I, I wanted to close off with, and I'm, I'm really glad you did. Uh, sort of the lack of recognition that the Bengals as an organization has done for its players' management. One of the things that uh, we also look at at Not in Hall of Fame is how each team sort of does that. Uh, I know a lot of people hate the Patriots, but they do the Hall of Fame, their franchise Hall of Fame almost better than anyone. St. Louis Cardinals in baseball, another one. Uh, the Bengals only have the one retired number, and I get why they chose Bob Johnson, uh, the first ever Bengal, a solid player uh, right. throughout his year, but Anthony Muno's number is not retired. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, that's, uh, that's a big discussion as well amongst the Bengal fandom, uh, is the lack of, of a ring of honor type of system. Um, and really, and I don't know if all the other 31 teams do it offhand, but I know most of them do, if, if not all of them. Uh, so it's kind of inexplicable and kind of kind of sad. The, the Reds have a Hall of Fame uh, museum and and system where they where they do that. So even in the city, it's not like the city of Cincinnati just is like, ah, we don't care. The Reds do it. Mike Brown just, for whatever reason, doesn't believe that that's necessary and has it throughout history. Now, they did the 50th anniversary of the team a couple years ago. And they did some things, brought players in and offered them on the field, and, and it was kind of nice. But that's really the extent of his player promotion, you know, in that in that manner over the entire history of, of his leadership of the team. Because I, I do believe, uh, like you said earlier, like if, if the franchise doesn't feel, the nece- feel it necessary to honor a player who gave that much to the organization, subconsciously in some level – a pro football hall of fame or a larger institution is going to look at that. I know that when yeah, Richard Seymour just got into the Patriots hall of fame, there was a lot of Patriots mm-hmm. fans who were saying, okay, well that's the next step for him to get enshrined in the can. Yeah. Logically that, that makes sense. Um, you know, as, as a, as a fan, first of all, as I said, being in Cincinnati, it's a small market team. Not a lot of people know about the history of the team. And a lot of people may not even know who these guys, especially younger generations, probably don't know who Ken Riley is or what Ken Anderson did exactly. Like, they know the name, maybe, but they don't really know much about him. That's something that if the team promoted more, then maybe they would. Maybe it'd be a little bit wider recognition around the country as far as, you know, who Ken Riley is. What did he do? Oh, he did have 65 interceptions. He's fifth all-time in interceptions. I didn't know that. So the West Coast offense started in Cincinnati with, with – uh, Bill Walsh, while he was there, the no huddle, the the zone blitz, you know, that would bring recognition to the team, maybe gain them fans even. Uh, so it, it's really kind of you know, heartbreaking on a level that they don't do more of that mm-hmm. kind of thing to promote the players that, as you said, gave everything they had to the team while, while they were there. Well, it's, it's also free pub- publicity in a way. So, like, if the, if the Bengals are, are in a national game, 
And there's always going to be some kind of crowd shots uh, where you would see some of these names. And then if you're a younger person, you don't necessarily know who it is. You know, maybe you're, it's so easy to look look that up or even just call your dad who might be a fan of the team. You know, it, it just all that stuff gets passed down from, from you know, generation to generation and fandom to fandom. And, you know, when I was talking to uh, Richmond Webb in his time in, in Cincinnati, he said that the fans were fantastic. You know, they really are. It's, it's underrated. The Bengals fans are very passionate, um, and it, and that's another thing that kind of gets lost in amongst the bad teams. Obviously, they're not selling out stadiums, and it's kind of a I don't want to say necessarily a joke, but it's a point amongst the media when they cover the games. Well, look at this half empty stadium. So then it makes the fans look like they don't care, and it, you know it's just kind of a trickle effect, really, down the whole the whole way. The team doesn't promote the, the team. The fans don't show up because the team's not very good because of some questionable decisions and some philosophical uh, issues, maybe with the current NFL that are, you know, maybe they're lagging behind with Mike Brown and things. But it, it just trickles down, in my opinion, and makes the entire franchise maybe not look as attractive, and maybe that does hurt Hall of Fame candidacy for players through the years. Because it, it is funny, because we talk small market, but Cincinnati's not by far the smallest market. It's not the youngest team. It's just one of the, and it, it also plays in a very high profile division, you know, with, with the Steelers and the Ravens. I mean, the games, oh, yeah, games between any of those teams are, you know, you can you can expect a lot of bruises. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're always fun yeah. games to watch. People, you know, may not even realize that, but. Those games are some of the most famous games of all time. Who, who doesn't know about the, the playoff game in 2015 when Fontes Perfect and uh, Adam Jones basically cost the team their first playoff win since the early 90s with the, the penalties and and uh, you know there's different games with injuries. Uh, Carson Palmer getting hurt uh, in 2005 when they were on a, you know a single playoff run. So those games are always extremely contentious. There's always injuries. Andy Dalton's been hurt in the games uh, a couple of times. Uh, there's been some, some very famous hits in those games. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, uh, and I, I guess I just want, want that profile to rise just for the, the greater good of the National Football League and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in general. Uh, I've had the pleasure of going to that hall. I loved seeing that. But it always sort of bothered me when I see, when you go to the Bengals part and it's sort of small. The Saints part was really small. I mean, I, I know there's, there's more stuff that they can do. Uh, life, life didn't begin during the Super Bowl era, of course, but there's still a lot more that, that could have been. So uh, I just want to close off with, uh, I guess, your personal fandom. Like, what is your favorite moment uh, for, for, uh, in Bengals history or just uh, – a personal thing that you remember, like from attending a game. Um, I haven't made it to a lot of games. Um, uh, one that I remember a little better, I guess, was a few years ago when they played the Falcons. Um, and that's actually, I guess, several years ago at this point. But they played the Falcons, and the Falcons were really good at the time. Um, but the Bengals beat them pretty soundly. I was there with my dad. I bought tickets. I think it's really kind of the first game that I ever bought tickets for myself. We went and watched. And the Falcons, uh, they, they, I don't know if it was a blowout, but they beat them soundly enough. It was, it was pretty exciting to go watch that with my dad. Um, as far as moments in team history, I'm old enough to remember the 88 Super Bowl run. And it was just, uh, that's really kind of my first football memory. I can remember, you know, maybe sitting around watching a little bit before that, but I vividly remember the Super Bowl run, uh, Boomer Assassin, 
David Bolger on defense, uh, Chris Collinsworth. I, I'm just a huge fan of all those those guys that were on the team at that time. So that's kind of cemented in my memory. Yeah, I have a feeling we're around a, a similar age. I've still busted out the icky shuffle once in a while here. I, I remember that. <laughs> well, Vance, uh, before, uh, one last thing, uh, I'm, and I'm going to put this uh, here. here uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, if I can. Sure. I'm putting together a mock committee for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Would you like to be a part of that? Sure. All right, so basically all you got to do is we're just going to get a bunch of uh, – Football fans and experts have a bit of fun, and we're going to act as if we are the actual Pro Football Hall of Fame committee for the 2021 year, and then we're going to make our election. Okay. Yeah, that sounds interesting. All right. Beautiful. Thanks so much. Uh, this will come up uh, shortly, and I'll let you know uh, via Twitter when that's up. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know, and I'll, I'll make sure and, and post it uh, to my Twitter, and, and we'll uh, try to get as many views as we can. All right. Sounds good. Stay safe. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Right, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Look for new content regularly from us at notinhalloffame.com, and we hope everyone out there is staying safe. Thanks again.